Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schubert, floating around producing this thing. We are from the Draft Network, and we're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one source for all your sports wagering information. And of course, folks, basketball is back, and you'll find everything you need to wager on the NBA. Of course, they have NFL, NHL, golf, tennis, boxing, you name it. You can find it over at betonline.ag. Super easy to navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. We also have a deal for you. If you want to get in on the action, use our promo code BLEAVE. That's B L E A V. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online and it's where the game starts. Kyle, a very, very happy National Kyle Day to you. And Uh-oh. oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, it is also National Christopher day a very special day here on the pod no way would you look at this two two best friends on get their day on the same day two of the absolute best friends there ever were kyle crafts and chris schubert things you love to see what a great way to start our tuesday wow feel so left out you know when is national joseph day uh i celebrate it every year i don't remember when it is but i get a, a reminder and so then i i start to just text people that i know March 27th. Um, is it March 27th? It's March 27th. Yeah. National so I, Joe I, Day. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't texted you on it before and been like, hey, Kyle, you know, I'm sure you haven't gotten around to it, but it is National Joe Day. I've done that too. A few uh, National Joe Day uh, for everyone named Joe, Joseph, Josephine, Joe with just the J-O and then Joey. It's not my day, all, though, guys. All it's, it's, it's your it's day. It's every Joe's day. No, it, this is... Today is Kyle and Christopher Day, and I want to give you your moment. So, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, everybody's favorite segment of the week here on the podcast, uh, NFL Word Association, is on the, the docket for the day. Forgot we've to also prepare. Got, we've got <laughs> Scout Speak as well. Joe's got a topic that he wants to talk about. How about we get Word Association done here? Let's put Joe Whoa. right under the fire. Right away. I saw a great take. Maybe we'll save this for, for takes on takes later in the week. But there was a take in the TD Premium Discord of that Joe will get word association right before Chris enjoys two truths and a lie. And I couldn't be more in on a take than that one. Wasn't it, wasn't it before Chris accepts the way Kyle plays two truths and a lie? I thought I, that was yes, like I even. Think, I, think that's ex- <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. Yes. Oh, it's good fun. Oh, good fun. Yeah, you want to, Chris, you want to steer us off here and let's embark on this journey together? Joe, I'm going to let you have the floor on the first game. Oh, God. First thing that pops in your head. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be honest to the process today. I promise you. It's a word association, Joe. Word. Okay. Okay. I'll try. The Chargers beat the Falcons 20 to 17. (laughs) It's a a Quan Graham. My guy. 
You had a chance to be a hero, and you acted we like it was me heroes. running with the ball. <laughs> I didn't. So what was what was funny about that is I I was unfamiliar with the conclusion of that game when Chris brought it up yesterday on the podcast, and then of course you know after Monday, Sunday the night and through, through Monday, yeah, yeah I, I spend time learning about what happened, studying each game, and I'm watching this at the end, and I'm like, oh my god, I that's. That won't get the attention it deserves, but that's an all-time blunder. That's um, pick a team that that would happen to, and it'd be more likely than it happening to the Falcons, the Chargers, <laughs> the team they played, right? The team, it's the you team they played. The- <laughs> like the they had Touché. the perfect opponent. Like the, the, that <laughs> happens to the Chargers every time. <laughs> Unfathomable. Well you get these two yeah, teams man. together. This is what you should have expected. Right. You knew it was going to happen this way. Chris they, couldn't uh, even get it out. We talked about it yesterday. Chris couldn't even. <laughs> he couldn't even vocalize exactly what happened. Right. He's like. <laughs> he's like. Right. They gave the game away. They just gave it away. Oh, goodness. The Dolphins. Because it was it was t- it was tied, right? <laughs> yes. It was 17 when that happened. Yes. In like the final... got a good kicker. They were going to make the field goal. <laughs> they Joe, get a good kicker. They were inside the like the fifteen. Right. right. It was <laughs> Okay. Oh man. Sorry, Falcons. Now, fans. Chris, you gotta do it. You gotta do a different game because Joe heard where you were going, so now he's been playing uh, his, his I next word did. association. I have no yeah, idea. Not, I promise you. He's not prepared. Uh the the Dolphins beat the Bears thirty five to thirty two. Young, exciting quarterbacks would be my words association. For this one, uh, Joe, I'll, I'll give you a minute. I'll, I'll just say I think there's there's really something to be said for two teams with two young quarterbacks who had top 15 investments made in both of them, who really struggled when they first came into the league. And then lo and behold, there are changes made in both organizations to actually embrace the things that those quarterbacks do well in the case of Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears changing the dynamics of the offense to utilize the athleticism of a Justin Fields. They've scored 33, 29, and 32 points in the last three weeks. They are one point away from being the highest scoring offense in the NFL the last three weeks. And they didn't play dummies. They played played Miami, Dallas with Dan Quinn, and Bill Belichick in that stretch. And then from the Dolphins' perspective, the – the supporting cast that's been put around and, and kind of a West Coast type offense with the anticipation and accuracy of Tua Tonga-Valoa, it's just been really cool to see that evolution with the sprinkling in of the RPOs and then the, the horizontal and vertical stretch that the speed receivers bring in a skill group with Tua was used to throwing guys like Jakeem Grant and um, who's another name that I want to throw under the bus here? Lynn Bowden, like the, those were the guys in Miami for the first couple of years. And uh, it's a totally different ball game for both of those guys right now. And that, that's how you end up scoring 67 points when I think the over under was 45 and a half, 46. So hope he took the over. I've been given too much time now and I have three. No, different- no, no. You cannot tell me <laughs> after all kidding. of that. He's surely ah! kidding. You've got to be kidding me that you don't have anything. No, I do. The, the number one thing, he said he has the number three. one. Yeah, well, yeah, so now I have to decide on which one. $110 million, that's the number in my head because that's the amount of cap space the Chicago Bears have at their disposal. 
to build this football team around Justin Fields. You know what, Joe? Excellent. That's well very done. good. That was well very well done from you. That was, that was fantastic. Uh, I'm a little bangle. offended. Now I have to holster the other two? It's tough. I'm a little mad that he 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 you know, made the story the, the biggest storyline coming out of the game about the team that lost the game, but that's fine. All right. I mean, I was going to go with punt block, <laughs> and I was going to go with wide ass open, but I, you know, I can only pick up pick okay. one. Okay. okay. The bank okay. the Bengals beat the Panthers forty two to twenty one in a game that I stopped paying attention to after the halftime. I didn't care anymore. The answer is Joe Mixon. That's the word, right? What do you have five 55, touchdowns? 55.1 fantasy points. That's what he got. You. I, Chris, I'm no, fully one, aware no one cares of about your fantasy team. I don't. Yeah. You know what? We're going to care about it right now because he was on my fantasy team yeah, this week. I have Mixon and, and I have Justin Fields. So that was a uh, <laughs> man. If you have both of those guys and you didn't win yesterday, that's that's I'm sorry to hear that. But Joe Mixon's the answer here for me. How about um, number one pick? Panthers look like a team that could be contending for the number one pick. Like somebody's playoffpredictors.com simulation from last week had them settling on. And there's an a, there's an AFC there's an AFC team that I think is going to give the Panthers a nice little run here down the stretch. There's, there's going to be a couple of teams that give them a nice run, but um, PJ Walker gets benched because he's so bad. Now we have Sam Darnold activated off IR. Are we going to start Sam Darnold for a few games? We're going to play the merry-go-round and just create a bunch of discontinuity and chaos and in every three weeks, you get a different starting quarterback the rest of the way. We going to do this. They got some nice pieces, but geez, Louise, they got steamrolled, steamrolled. By what the Bengals, the Bengals won the game. Talk about the what the bank by what the Bengals do (laughs) least well without Jamar Chase, and they still couldn't stop. No, it's the pettiness in me that that I did the playoff predictors, and you said the Panthers aren't going to win another game, really. So yeah, I had to take it there for for the pettiness involved, if for no other reason. Lions beat the Packers fifteen to nine. Toast. The Packers are toast. They're done, right? Like I did this well, on TV and they, and they lost yesterday. Ray, they, They're done. They lost Rayshon Gary for the year now, too. With a torn ACL. Like we're stubborn. So, we, we're a stubborn coach. We're a stubborn quarterback. We are stubborn. That we will not make are, a change here. That we will not do toast. something differently. Aaron's going to retire, right? <laughs> well, did you, <laughs> you, do you know what that does? Do, do you know what that does to them from a cap situation? Yeah, it's the payback for all the almost trades that the Packers have pulled off of the trade deadline the last couple of years that nobody cares about. He doesn't get the money, but they have to carry the cap hit. And so it's mm-hmm. like $15 million in 23, and then it's like $24 million in 24. So like they're going to carry the dead weight of Aaron Rodgers retiring for the next two seasons if he, he retires. Gonna stick it to, uh, he going to stick it to him and retire. He's going to say, I ain't doing this again next year. Hell no. I ain't going to, so quit asking. Joe? I mean, the Lions won the game, so I'll say something about the Lions. Uh, Here we go. How about this is going to do this Young every defensive talent. <laughs> young defensive talent. Aiden with the pick. Kirby Joseph with, the, what do you have, two picks, you said? Two, two picks? picks and three passes defensed. I mean, you get strong contributions. one of my dudes last week. If you listened to the show, you would have known. I was there. Yeah, yeah, I was fully, fully aware of that. You mean yesterday. Yesterday, he was one of your dudes. Yeah. Not last week. It was yesterday. Derek show. Barnes coming through. Jeff Akuda. Malcolm Rodriguez, Josh Pascal. Nice to see these guys settling in and, and uh, getting better every week. Nine points for the Packers. Nine. We can't. Against the Lions. We can't. It's just unacceptable. 
in a game that I watched literally probably four <laughs> snaps of because Red Zone didn't go to it very often. The Patriots beat the Colts 26 to 3. Sacks is the answer, right? Uh, Nine times. Judon got him three times. Uche got him three times. Nine sacks in the game. Uh, I'll give you a spoiler, and I, I I won't give you a full spoiler. We have ballots due this week for like midseason awards for the Draft Network, and uh, Mr. Matthew Don't Judon received received a vote from me. Uh, a first place vote. I said he received a vote from me. I, I'm not going to tell you okay. where. I, I will have Matt Judon on my depoy ballot, but he will not be the first place. Leads the league in sacks, 11 and a half of them. He, he does, but you know what? Uh, sacks are a very minuscule snapshot oh, of the number of, of wow. snaps and pass rushes that, that a player. So Kyle's going to have five dolphins on the his season. I will oh, not. So, I will so, tell you, I will not have, I so, will not have a single dolphin on the defensive player. Max, the then, out. then I, I'm Max Crosby. I want his flowers from last year after that debate, now that you're into pressures and not just sacks. What do you mean? Do you remember this debate last year about Max Crosby? No. no never oh. My All right. Go ahead. Talk. You could do your thing. I'm not doing this right now. Um, apathetic is probably my word. Just because you you thought coming in, Ellinger, no Jonathan Taylor. The Colts line stinks. Mm-hmm. It's going to get ugly. Well, lo and behold, you got ugly. So it's a pretty apathetic outcome as far as expectations versus reality. The Jets beat the Bills 20-17. Stunner. Turn, turn the corner for the Jets. Zach Wilson was averaging 3.19 seconds to throw the football the season going into this game. He gets that down to 2.39 in this game. He embraces what he's supposed to do as the quarterback. They got big plays from their their young defensive stars, Quinn Williams and Sauce Gardner. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's tackle on Josh Allen, it was – I've never seen Josh go down that under that circumstance. So that was an unbelievable tackle, and, and they, they played winning face. football. So good for them. Look at Chris's stupid face. How can you not be giddy about everything Joe just said right there? I mean, how can you not? How can um, you not? The defense is the real – the Jets' defense is a real deal. I think they, they definitely deserve you – know, the credit for really finding the intensity with a group that obviously made a couple key additions with, with DJ Reed and sauce Gardner and what you bring in in a Jermaine Johnson tight. But you know, a lot of these guys are, are guys that have been a piece of the puzzle and the fact that it just gelled the way that it has, it's very impressive and uh, there'd be a tough out every single week. Yep. Especially if Zach's going to keep playing like he did. Like just don't right. don't screw it up, right? Like just play right. winning it's like, football, dude, dude. Just don't win the game for us, and that's when we'll right. actually win games, right. right? And then as he evolves there, then it's like okay, now start making some plays. It's it's a good situation right now. Seventy two percent completion percentage from him yesterday, the first time he's ever been above seventy in his career. So he very much took last week to heart and made a yep. drastic change in his play. Uh, I hope Kyle uses the word that he shared with me in the pre-show meeting yesterday about this team. The Vikings beat the Commanders 20-17. to What word did I use? You called the Vikings cockroaches that they just won't go away. Oh, They're yeah, just they just there. every week, man. Every week. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the week the Vikings are going to regress back to Real a little bit. Nope. Doesn't matter. You could drop a fridge on them. You can put your 
foot over them and stomp on them. Doesn't matter. You can think of any other ways that you might try to kill this cockroach that is the Minnesota Vikings, but they just keep on ticking. They are a fun team, and they have some talent. We actually, I did the um, the updates to the TDN roster power rankings, and it's updated for player performance for all 32 teams. It's updated for injuries. If I asked you, where would you guys guess the Vikings roster now ranks? amongst the NFL, just in talent on the roster that is currently available for the season. This is a top 12 roster in the National Football League. Top 12. 12 12 was the number in my head. 12. It is better than that. It's a top eight roster in the NFL. Top eight. It's better than that. This is a top six roster in the NFL. Top six. It's a top six roster in the NFL. And they just added TJ Hawkinson at the trade deadline. We had nine catches, right? You had a good game. Yeah. So, I mean, so you have two tackles that are playing well in O'Neal and Darisol. You know how TJ Hawkinson, you have an elite NFL running back in Dalvin Cook. You have an adequate starter who's not playing in primetime games in Kirk Cousins. You have one of the best wide receivers in football in Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne's a nice complimentary receiver. Adam Thielen's slowing down a little bit. You go over on the defensive side of the ball. Zajarius Smith is, or he entered week nine. I know he didn't play Sam Ellinger, so he's no longer in that stratosphere, but like, He's up at the top of the, the sack charts for NFL players this year. They got Eric Kendricks and Hicks on the second level. They got Harrison Smith, Cameron Bynum's playing good football. You got a vet and Pat Pete on the corner. I mean, they, they, they got a lot. They get a lot of talent on this roster, and it's uh, it's impressive to see them kind of emerge every week battle-tested and, and not flinch in crunch time, which they – yet again against the commanders in a road win in the NFC, you know, conference wins. Nice job. I was going to say another close win, right? I mean, they keep, keep finding a way to win these tight ball games and it's, that's, it's a trend. They, they know how to win ball games and that's good. That's a good spot to be. The Jags erase a 17 point deficit to beat the Las Vegas Raiders 27 to 20. Remember earlier when I said there's an AFC team that's going to give the Panthers a run for their money. It's Raiders mm-hmm. teams, the team I'm referencing. Yeah, I guess blew it. Uh, that's their third time this this season that they've squandered a 17 point lead. I mean, that's that's crazy in eight games. It's unacceptable. Let's just be real, Joe. It's unacceptable. Once. OK. Twice, no. Three times, we got problems. At least they threw the ball to Devontae Adams, though. Does it does it make you feel better that he caught ten passes for 146 yards and two touchdowns, and they lost the game? Uh, no. He had almost all of that in the first 20 minutes of the game, though. Right, right. You're so right. no, You're it wrong. doesn't. No, I remember doesn't. watching the ticker. I was like, oh, they're throwing to Devontae today, and, and <laughs> maybe they should have kept doing it. I don't know. Josh, did mine score is, in the second uh, half. He is who we thought they were. He is who we thought he was. That being Josh McDaniels, not being a good coach. Um, the, the the situational stuff and the blown lead speak for itself. But the fact that the chatter is this hard about McDaniels not surviving, I don't know that they'll actually do it at any point. But um, Dude, we it's not a good look for a guy years, who was a though. head coach. Right, right. We it's did. Like, why That's are why people I, falling over themselves every year to talk to this guy and hire him? Like, wh- why? Because right. he was I in Brady's like, OC like for a thousand years? Like he didn't go to Denver. 
right? And have the the most unceremonious stretch of that time frame. And then like he didn't take the Colts job and then back out after assistant coaches left other jobs from other teams to come onto his staff and then him change his mind at the 11th hour. I have irreconcilable differences with that. Like I can't, can, you can't be part of my equation. Correct. Can I also, can we also bring up something very important because of what you guys just said, the Colts part of this, he was offered the job, accepted it. Press conference was ready to go. And then he backed out. Right. And he was it like was 10 like, hours away from the press. conference. Right. Okay. So he did. So he, so he made the decision to take another head coaching job after the Denver thing and then backed out. And then we went a couple of years without Josh McDaniels getting a job. And then this is the one he picked. I think that's a very important part of this. He picked this job because he said no in the past. He said no to the Colts. He walked away from that gig, which was in a much better situation than I think the Raiders roster was when he was offered that job. Is the difference today versus the Colts I think fall it's through? A time. Yeah, it's, it's where the Patriots were, right? Yes. Yes, no question. He was trying to get out before the bottom fell out. Yes. He, was trying, he was trying to do the, the stock market thing. He was trying to time the market. Guess what? Time in the market doesn't work. The Patriots so might be better happens. without him. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. We're not Woo! heaping that kind of praise on Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. No, thank you, Joseph. Not happening. Yeah, hard not pass. today. Not on. Not today on National Chris and, and Kyle Day. Not happening. Yeah, we're not gonna, on we're our gonna watch. take the narrative back, Chris. <laughs> uh, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals thirty-one to twenty-one. You're damn right they did. Our, our Seahawks, Seahawks, not our Cardinals. Let's go, our Seahawks. <laughs> fun team, man. They're so much fun. Joe, what are your thoughts on the uh, the recent? I almost tagged you in it. Uh, the the Pete Carroll for head coach of the year, coach of the year train is getting ready to leave the station. He he's got to vote for me in my ballot. He's got a spot Let's in my ballot. Go. Hell yeah, we dude. Go. We we woo we oh, woo. Oh god, yes. god. And folks, no this by the time oh, you wow. hear this, by the time I've, you hear this, you're getting woo! our natural reaction Joe when we went record and the found show. It. I'm sitting here genuinely saying. So I'm, I gonna got say, I'm genuinely gonna sit here. Okay, I'll I'll announce it, but just to let everybody know, this is what happens when we record the show days in advance. You get our natural reaction to news when it does not fit into the show. Frank Reich has been fired as the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, <laughs> glad Joe went out of his way to look at that. I also wear an Apple Watch, Joe, and it pops up on my watch. I said I'm just gonna look here at Chris and wait for him to. I have Schefter on tweet <laughs> notifications, so I don't get chapsed. All right. <laughs> and I looked at my so, damn phone. Reich is done. Let's not make this about us, Joe. Let's make this about Frank Reich, even though I'm the one that made it about us. I'm going to deflect it back and casually blame you in the process. Frank Reich is done as head coach of Colts. Per Chris Schubert. So, no, I, per, per Adam Schubert. I, I guess here's where I have a problem with this, right? In a span of three weeks, you've now blamed this on Matt Ryan, and now you've blamed it on Frank Reich. Okay, can I ask you a question, Mr. Krabs? Yes. Where is the Colts roster rank in the latest update to the uh, roster Ooh, rankings from TDN? That's a good question. Let me go ahead and pull that up. Because uh, how attractive of a job is this? No, no quarterback. No left tackle. One wide receiver. A weird owner. Uh, Ursay's the least of their problems, if we're being fair. He's still weird. 
Okay. I watched so, him record a video in front of a plane and talk talk about. Oh, Carson you know what? Wentz. That was a that was a weird. Come on, video. man. That was weird as hell. And some of his tweets. Three Say top less, three guy. top eighty picks right now. They have a first, the a second, Indianapolis, and a third. The Indianapolis Colts check in twentieth on the talent roster rankings as things currently stand. Uh, but to Joe's point, you look at some of the critical spots. The Indianapolis Colts quarterback room ranks 31st out of 32 teams. It's not great. The Indianapolis Colts' skill positions, and this includes Jonathan Taylor, even though Jonathan Taylor's been missing some time, uh, 25th in the NFL. The Indianapolis Colts out of 32 teams at the skill positions. And their offensive line, which was largely considered before the season to be one of the best in the NFL, is sitting squarely in the middle of the pack right now. And we need to figure out exactly what's going on with Quinton Nelson and Ryan Kelly. And the only reason that it is not a bottom 10 offensive line is the presence of those two players. Well, the problem with Quinton Nelson is you already paid him. So we got to figure this out quickly. Well, he's he's going to be there e- either way. And he's still a very good right. player. It's just I, don't, I, I cannot compartmentalize how much of what is going on with Quinton Nelson is trying to cover for what's going on next to me at left tackle and how much of it is actual regression from my individual play. I think Frank Wright got a crap deal, a big time crap deal to, get, to six, get fired right now. Yeah. 10 and six, seven to nine, 11 and five, nine and eight, three, five and one. You don't have a quarterback. You haven't had a quarterback for a second that he's been your head coach. Before that under, under Chuck Pagano, eight and eight, eight and eight, four and 12. Man, I don't know, dude. And again, you you just made a quarterback change to Sam Ellinger two weeks ago. What did you expect was going to happen? Like, what were the expectations? This is another example, though. I will say of oh, and by the way, I've, Jonathan Taylor's hurt and not playing. Your your team, right? Your identity as a team. Uh, this is another example of seeing um, a, an organization or a coaching staff experience some attrition. Right? Nick Sirianni leaves. Matt Eberflus leaves, and, and and part of part of being a great head coach is not just coaching a great football team, but continuing to develop coaching talent. Um, and, and I don't, again, I don't know how much of that Frank Reich wasn't doing, but it is worth noting that this is another one of those instances that you could look at some attrition and, and realize that the results weren't quite the same. I have a thought. Can here. we appreciate? Can we go ahead, Chris? Well, I was just going to say Frank Reich is going to be on the short list for offensive coordinator candidates for a bunch oh, of head coaches next yes. year. Because if you're if you're a first-time head coach, to have that guy as your offensive coordinator, a guy who's been a head coach in the league for multiple seasons, the perfect person to have to have his ear. So he's, he's going to be on the short great list. Leader. Yeah, I'm I, just, I, I think he's a perfect candidate. I'm just looking at this this Patriots game now and okay. processing. Not great. It's not that great. They're worth there were 324 yards of offense from both teams combined. Kyle, they didn't. <laughs> Sam, they, Sam Ellinger didn't complete a pass until the second quarter. They didn't have a completed pass on offense till the second quarter. This is the second game this year in which the Colts had single-digit first downs. It's not good. Now we have two current job openings: Carolina and Indianapolis. Or Carolina should hire Frank Reich. 
Bring them home. Should that's they? Not, that's not that's not Absolutely. splashy enough for David Tepper. You know, guy know, brought live Smarty music will. back to Carolina. He's got to make a bigger splash listen, than that. Listen, <laughs> I know. That yeah, is, when I mean, that's what, my new what can he bring thing. next? Right. What can he bring? Right. That's see. He that's what we got to look at, it, Joe. Right. To, live music. Like you got to think from that lens. How about a major league baseball team, Dave? Can you get How us about, one of those? Can we? Do we? Do we want to talk get more us about back this? On track here. Because I, I want to talk about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury because I think Michael Bidwell should be making a very similar decision to the one Frank Reich made today. Or Jim Irsay made today. <laughs> I don't think Frank Reich chose this, Christopher. Okay. Uh, yeah, we never really got into this Cardinals-Seahawks situation. Go ahead. You're the one with the takes, yeah. man. Get, Let it get rip, them man. out. I, I'm sorry, but you scored 21 points, and one of them is a defensive touchdown. We have Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. We have DeAndre Hopkins back. We have no excuses anymore. And I know we're dealing with a workshopped offensive line. Billy Price continues to snap the ball over Kyler Murray's head. He's have zero He's not congruency very cool. on the Maybe offensive Kyler line. Maybe Kyler should take oh, the a step line, forward. The offensive line isn't very good. The offensive line isn't very good. But that's on Steve Kahn. And for Cliff, like, this is a disaster. They're 3-6. and six. Do you know since they started 7-0? and oh, I, think, I think the statistic is since they started the last season 7-0. and oh, mm-hmm. They're 7-13. and 13. Wow. 7-13. Which, it's almost like that's when you what they were the whole it, time. When you think about it, seven and thirteen is kind of what you feel about this team. It's a roller coaster ride. It's up and down, but they lose more than they win. Feels about right. What was the rift between uh, Kyler and Nuke on the sidelines, where Kyler was losing his mind and DeAndre Hopkins is like literally not even talking to him? Uh, it's Kyler. He loses his mind every single week at somebody. I mean, you remember the the, thir- the the Thursday night game against the Saints where they had to call a timeout, and he walks over to, to Cliff, again, and he's like, calm the F down. Like, he's screaming at him, like, yeah. calm down. Like, that's what, this is what Kyler does. It's, it, that's, that's what Kyler does as a quarterback. You just have to accept it. All of this seems and the so problem, obvious to me. Here's the problem. You paid the quarterback. And you the paid coach. the quarterback. So you, you got, paid the quarterback, yeah. and, and he rewarded you by his adjusted net yards per attempt dropping by almost two, two full yards. From last season to and this so season. You're, time you're in the in system, year, you know. You are now right. in year yeah, one. Really mastering yeah. it. You're in year one of a brand new five-year contract extension for Cliff Kingsbury. You're in year one of a new five-year contract extension for Steve Kime, which you rewarded. You rewarded all three of those players after the season that we that you just had. And so now good luck getting yourself out of this mess. I know it sounds like a broken record, but when they keep doing this, they score 21 points, 14 points as an offense. The defense is well, not the problem. The defense has played well. They keep them. They keep the game close for long enough. But this offense is brutal right now. They should be thanking their lucky stars that they're three and six. Because remember, they had the seventeen point comeback win against the Raiders in Week Two. They played the current number two overall pick, Carolina Panthers, and they needed two pick sixes in a span of like thirty seconds to close the first half to beat the Saints on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> There you go. They've got That's five defensive touchdowns this year, though. The most in the league. Five of them. Five defensive touchdowns. Thank God, because they'd, they'd probably be one and what? One and eight without them? <laughs> Zaven Collins made a good play. He did. He's been playing well. He's been playing a lot better as of late. But this is a disaster. An absolute disaster. The Bucks beat the Rams 16 to 13. Tom Brady, old school Tom, out there leading his team down the field with a big fourth quarter touchdown drive. Washed. I Both don't know. These teams are you, are are you, I didn't know who you were referring to. There. No, yeah. the, these teams this year, they're they're both they're both in trouble. 
they're both really in trouble. And I think for the Bucks, you've kind of heard some ideological things the last two weeks or so that have come out from the coaching staff where it's like, oh, bro, like, do you just not get it? Like, how much how much did Bruce Arians cover as far as understanding how today's NFL game works? Which is crazy because you, you have a young OC in Byron Leftwich who's telling you it doesn't – you have to have success running the ball to have a successful play-action passing game, which is just like statistically speaking – as infactual of a statement as you can make. Uh, Jake Kamardra is the name in my head. Like what a, what a sensational game from, from the rookie putter for the bucks. You get, you can't, you don't get this dub without that punting performance. Correct. And oh, by the way, get, c- congratulations to Scotty Miller for being alive today. Because if they don't dude, bounce back, my guy, it's over for him. He got hit in the dome with the ball. Brother, it's just the game it in the, just boom. Oh, this is very good. Uh, and then the Sunday night game went to overtime. Bit of a surprise. Yeah. The Chiefs beat the Titans 20 to 17. I mean, you, you, you got to have some passing yards in today's NFL. I'm surprised they were able to keep it as close as they were. And you could maybe say the Chiefs got a little help in this one. But to have 80 passing yards, 5 of 16 from your quarterback and, and – Take the Chiefs to overtime on the road. Um, I think that says something about Tennessee, but obviously Kansas City finding a way. Another big game from Mahomes, and they got it done. Speaking of punters, Joe, how about Ryan Stonehouse? He's a stud, man. We saw him at Shrine. Oh, we knew it. goodness gracious. Th- eight punts for 390 yards, 49 yards per kick average, long of 63. Um, but, yeah, as far as, far as – the game outcome, and I think especially us as draft dudes, like the name that's relevant here is is really Malik Willis and five of sixteen passing for eighty yards, and the sacks that he took in overtime were pretty bad, right? It's like egregiously bad. But but that was the that's concern a first year player, what, right? That's a first year that, player. That was the concern for a player coming out of Liberty who had these bad habits instilled in him because that's what he did at Liberty. Well, you're not playing at Liberty anymore. You're playing. <laughs> You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs where the defensive tackles are as fast as the linebackers that you played against at Liberty, right? And let's also, to be fair, and look at the entire picture, Titans roster is really not that. I mean, the defense is playing really, really well. But look at the skill players that the Titans have. Kyle, they didn't have a single catch from a wide receiver in the game. Right, and some of that is Malik Willis. But some of that is also not on Malik Willis. Because of the wide receivers, the tight—I mean, that what they're rostering for total. You got Bobby Trees and what else? Cody Hollister, man. Okay, Nick Westbrook Aquina and Nick. Yeah, okay. <laughs> how many? Burks, how many? How many Burks. other teams? How many other teams across the NFL is that better than wide receiver four or five tops? They thought Robert Woods coming off of a torn ACL at like 32 years old, who has never been a number one receiver, could be a number one receiver. Or or they just don't care because their identity is to run the ball, and that's fine. But then you better play the perfect game script every week. Man, how do you, how do you really say that in the NFL? How could you literally say, like, yeah, we don't care. We're just going to run the ball. I mean, they've literally made a living. With I mean, Joe, doing that, Joe, they they won a game to, last week by doing it, and they almost won Sunday night. They almost did it. I mean, quite frankly, they should have. Right, they right. should they have, won, have the won the football game. Yeah, 
So, like, I get it. I'm with you. Like, this is not sustainable. But they almost, on a two-game winning streak, they almost beat the Chiefs. Like, that's coaching. Like, Mike Vrabel's got that team. They were on a five-game winning streak, weren't they, going into the game? I just meant with Tannehill out. Gotcha. And this yeah. readjust of we can't pass the ball at all. Uh, real quick, well. by the way, the Tennessee Titans are 32nd in the NFL in yards, and they are 24th in scoring through the, the midpoint of the season. 149 points scored for the Titans, not even on pace for well, – I guess they're on pace for 300 with the 17th game. Can, uh, we, can we very – can, I know we got to do scout, scout speak. Can we just, since we're talking about them, can we run through the rest of their schedule really quick? You Titans, you can do whatever you'd like. Yes. So they're they're five and three. Okay. Uh, home against the Broncos next week. It's tough. Win or loss? This gut I, reaction. I go loss. 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 Okay. Uh, short week Thursday night football at Green Bay Packers. Loss. Loss. Road, road team Thursday night not happening. Okay, so that's five and five. Uh, home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Oof, loss. You'll probably have Jamar Chase back in time for that game based on the, the Bengals strategy to not put him on IR. Feels like a loss. Okay, so now we're five and six. At Philadelphia Eagles. Loss. Loss. Five and seven. Uh, you have two games against the Jaguars in here. Well. We'll give them you want to give it to them both? Two dubs? Two dubs. So seven and seven at LA Chargers. I think that's a game they can win. They, yeah, they can win that game. We haven't given them so, the benefit of the doubt a single time yet. So. Sure. Eight, so we'll give eight it, and we'll seven. Do it here, yeah. Home against the Texans. That's a win. That's a dub. Nine, Lock it up. Nine and, nine and seven in the week 16, their last game. It's another Thursday game. They've got another short week. Dallas Cowboys. They're home, right? Are they home? Home against the Cowboys. Dub. Ten and seven. They're nine or ten and they'll probably team. and they'll probably win that division by what four or five games. Well, the, Maybe, co- the, yeah. the Colts just Honestly, fired their yes. coach, right? So yeah, yeah. So. There's no competition, none. Yikes! Okay. Yikes! Yikes! yikes. <clears throat> it's Joe's topic this week. Joe said, "I've got some." Well, I wanted to talk about offensive line play and specifically the the phrasing and the importance of independent hand usage. And so what does independent hand usage mean? Well, as an offensive lineman, it is absolutely critical to be able to fit and place your hands with good timing and to be able to control your opponent and not allow them to beat you, right? And so the reason you have to talk about independent hand usage is because they have to be able to work independently to achieve that objective. You can't punch with two hands. That is a Pop Warner football coaching technique. And the way that these defensive linemen have evolved – with the size, the strength, the the quickness, the flexibility, if you can't get those hands going independently to counter and shut down how they're attacking you, you're not going to be able to win. And so as we open up this conversation, I want to kind of talk about 
just from a high level, what it is and why it's important. So I think the first thing I'd like to do is revisit the why. Why why is timing so critical with hands? As we talk about you know, pass rushers and pass rush, and well, this even applies to, to the run game as well. But, Joe, it's all about winning. Like He who strikes first usually wins, right? And mm-hmm. that timing is the balancing act between two players, whether let's, let's call it a pass set, a pass rusher entering into the sphere of contact with an offensive tackle. Can the offensive tackle effectively create first contact and displace that pass rusher off of his track where he is trying to run to run the arc around the outside? Presumably, sometimes they'll duck inside. That's the game within the game. Uh, to create steeper angles. And when you punch two-handed, which, as you said, is a, is a very... Um, I don't, want to use, I don't want to say Pop Warner, but it, it's an old-school teaching point, right? It's tr- Traditionally, it's, oh, yeah, you get to tr- turn the thumbs out and shoot both hands. and Well, you lock your body frame into an individual posture when you throw both hands at the same time. And then anything that that pass rusher does outside of that very small strike zone that you've now created for yourself, where when you throw two hands, you're setting with both feet in the ground, right? So the lower body Mm -hmm. dies, you're anchored, you're static, you're throwing your hands. And if you miss that individual punch, you will never recover to reopen your hips and carry a player. And you probably won't get your hands back on the player at all. So that, that timing really comes down to, by showing independent hands, show the outside hand, and then make sure you're protecting with your inside hand if you're facing an outside rush. By showing that outside hand and trying to get the defensive end to tell you what his rush plan and what he's planning to do, you can then either withdraw that hand and then re-extend to create contact, or if he attacks your outside hand, you can then turn and carry your hips and frame that pass rusher and now use your inside hand to create that first contact and that displacement by really pushing that player either out or up the field beyond the quarterback. I think almost the best way to like let this sink home is if you're listening to this podcast, just physically do it. Like put put throw both of your hands, two hand punch right in front of you and and see how that feels. And and Ask yourself if you could block an NFL defensive lineman. Ain't going to happen, right? Now be able to use your hands independently and see how much more opportunity that gives you. It's just like when you're boxing. You don't punch with two hands at the same time, right? It's about using them independently. I've heard it used that hands have to be independent contractors. And I think think it's generally understood, but it's it's surprising at times to, to watch tape and see guys not understand this. And, you know, you mentioned he who strikes first wins. It's yes, but it's also he who strikes and lands first. Right. right. So, right. so you can't, you could win with, you could throw your hands, but there, there's a timing component to being able to do that, um, uh, to be able to win and control those reps. Well, so. And so much of that comes back to what are your expectations when you land your hands? Right. I think a lot of people, their expectation is I'm going to land this thunderous blow that's just going to stop somebody dead in their tracks. And therefore I got to really gear up and put my whole heart and soul into this punch and really overextend myself. 
just trust trust the, the fundamentals and the technique of the of the tr the skill that you're executing, right? And if you are adequately trained to play the position, the functional strength will take care of itself. You don't have to do anything else beyond what the fundamentals are. And I think that's the number one mistake that you see with, with particularly offensive tackles is as they try to elevate and raise their game against these dynamic athletes that rush off the edge, they feel like they have to do more. And how many cases are, are of that in all facets of the game of football when when you just don't do exactly what you're supposed to do, you try and do a little too much, that's when things really go wrong for you consistently, whether that is taking a pass set against an outside pass rusher or a quarterback executing his reads or a linebacker that's jumping down into the run fit to fill a gap. When you try and do get outside the framework of the fundamentals of what you're supposed to do, that's when you pay because you will do more, you will try harder, you will violate the, the technique and the fundamentals. And the guys on the other side of the field get paid too. And that's what they will identify those opportunities and make you pay. And that's how you give up big runs. It's how you throw interceptions. It's how you take sacks. It's how you concede and lose off the edges and offensive tackles. So I think it's really relevant in all phases of the game that just trust the technique. And mm -hmm. it, for guys, it takes a long time for that light bulb to go on. And for some guys, it's, the, the, the light bulb's got to come on because they got to trust that they functionally have the strength throughout their hand power and the rest of their game and the rest of their body to do it well. But that's what it comes down to. Yeah, you got to have that mindset, right? Just do your job. Do your 111th. Play within yourself because you start, you start looking silly. When you try to do more than that, that's where mistakes happen. That's how you that's how you get your ass beat, to be honest with you. Well, it's you beat yourself, right? Yeah. And a lot of times it's you you beat yourself. They get the games, teams playing each other, and then the eleven games within the game that are going on. Yeah. Good talking point, Joe. Anything else? We bring this Tuesday episode to a close. Um, just going to go celebrate national Chris day, you know? Yeah. I mean, however, whatever you guys want to do to, to make sure you capitalize on your, on your moment in your day. I hope that you find it. Very good. I'm going to go light up this bears pack. No, no smiles, no thumbs up. Thanks guys. Appreciate everybody. Who listen to draft dudes, Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks to your friends at Ben Alive for their continued support of the show. Make it a great one, and we will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.